Oh, happy Halloween, kids! This is Kofo Live and Undead. I am your host, Daniel Crozier, and I am joined by the amazing Kevin Glover. Sir, oh, I didn't know I had to yell. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, oh, I'll put everything I can into every word. That's right. <laughs> yeah, stay caffeinated, my friends. Screech. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Howdy, I should say. Howdy, kids. Oh, thank Kevin. you for having me on your. On your program yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yes. I, I know we're experiencing some some delays and stuff, uh, you know, uh, you know, with uh, the technology and everything. But uh yeah, Not I met you. Long the... run. <laughs> uh I I met you at our own uh, Colorado <laughs> Festival of Horror and uh you know fell in love with your comic books. And uh, uh, you did, you, you were so kind, and yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you're such a yeah, sweetheart of a gentleman, and uh, and you produce some amazing, you know, comics, yeah, you know, like uh, that, like fractured, uh, yeah, well, scary you. tales here that uh, is just uh, you know, <laughs> fractured, getting yes. caught up on. That is my, my, uh, my flagship publication, the one that started it all, Fractured Scary Tales. From that, my little monster empire grew. My little website, the FracturedScaryTales.com. It's like the the one that started it all. So I'm nice. very happy with uh, my mixture of, uh, I call it Mad Magazine Meets Tales from the Crypt. Uh, your newer viewers, I call it uh, Robot Chicken Meets Tales from the Crypt, who don't know what Mad Magazine is. <laughs> <laughs> Those few right, out there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, people my age at least know, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, ro robot right. chickens. No, definitely. Yes, yes. Yeah, definitely a good, uh, good, uh, you know, touchstone. Um, yeah, tell for for those uh, you know that are tuning in exactly. that aren't familiar with with your work. Um, can you? Uh, talk a little bit about yourself, where you come from, how you got into film, which uh, I didn't know until just recently, and and then you know how you how that translated into you know the comic book business. Sure, sure. Well, I, I've always been interested in, in monsters and horror, and um, originally I I, uh, I lived in Hollywood most of my life. I, I was born in Los Angeles, well Whittier, um, and so most of my life I've grown up around the, the, the real uh, show business, real Hollywood, uh, and had an interest in pursuing, um, especially horror. I, uh, I, I like writing. I wrote a number of on pub, unproduced uh, screenplays. I wanted to be an actor. I, um, uh, I had a couple of um, reasonably good parts. I, I'm, I'm the rubber-suited B-movie monster in uh, Sinjinor. That's my big claim to horror fame. Uh, but I also am one of the co-leads in um, in a very low-budget movie called Venus Flytrap that uh, was written right. up in Spider Film Digest. My first time seeing my name in print was when I uh, picked up a, a, a copy of uh, Spider Film Digest number two. I don't know if a one exists, but 
I only found the two and was thumbing through it and saw my name in print, and it was kind of exciting to see it. Um, and it's not really a splatter film, but it uh, it was well received. It was, um, 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 you know, it was it was a it's a pretty good review. Uh, but all, all along, I wanted to um, I wanted to get more things um, uh, written. Uh, my uh, acting kind of segued into some producing. My biggest cool. film that I produced was a movie called Dinosaur Valley Girls um, with right. uh, Karen Black um, and also William Marshall, who's known as you know as Blackula. Uh, and uh, the director uh, was Don Glut, a, a good friend of mine. Uh, we worked on a number of projects at the time together, uh, several, a number of horror-related projects. But that was the biggest one. That one was shot on film. That one played on USA Cable for, for a number of years. Uh, and it was probably the most, um, most widely known work I was involved with. But that was as a producer, not as a... Not as a writer or um, or or an actor, um, I tried everything I could to kind of get involved in um, in show business, especially in the horror. And uh, I was for a long time I was um, one of the senior people in the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. I got to meet a lot of big celebrities as we did our award shows and things. So that nice. was a that was a big part of my early um, uh, adulthood. Uh, and then I. Graduated in post-production. I did a lot of post-production work for a lot of um, low-budget uh, producers who needed uh, editing facility in Hollywood. Um, but then I had a, um, I got got into comics. Um, I was at a, a show in uh, a Comic-Con in, uh, in Long Beach, and I was listening to a lot of people that had a bigger, more successful uh, writing career than I had that had started in comics. and one of their stories got picked up and was made into, um, you know, uh, got made into a movie or something. And I like, you know, I really, I had friends, a lot of friends that were comic writers, you know, big names, professional like Don Glute, the director, he, he, he worked on Captain America, a whole bunch of things. Uh, Nick Cuddy, who wrote some stories for me, he was big in the comics for like many, many years, all the way back to the Charlton comic days and worked wow. on Eerie and Vampirilla and, creepy, all, all the worn classics, yeah. So I knew a lot of these people, I was friends with them, and um, uh, but I decided to make my own um, monster comic. I, I I wanted to eventually get one of my scripts uh, turned into a graphic novel, but I'd been to too many cons where people, uh, uh, they had a couple issues of a, of a longer story and then they disappeared and you never got to find out how the story ended. So I first started off with uh, anthologies and and uh, I wanted to do something a little different since I grew up on, as a kid, my favorite monster comics were, were the black and white magazine style anthologies like Creepy and Eerie and some yeah. of their lesser known imitators that, you know, that, that I loved as a kid, the gorier, the better. And, and I kind of wanted to recapture that spirit, but I wanted to put some humor in it. So my idea was to cross this, uh, you know, Mad Magazine style lampooning. So, um, and with uh, with the classic, make a whole put a horror spin on uh, on a classic film. So, like my first issue had stories like Maltese Frankenstein, uh, Planet of the Were Apes, uh, Good, the Bad, the Undead, um, the, um, um, the Countess of Monte Cristo. So they're all oh, and the Mummy on the Orient Express. So they're all different, different artists. All have a, and they're all standalone stories. So that if I went belly up after my first issue, if nobody liked it, you weren't stuck with wondering how any one story ended because they were all yeah. self-contained, complete. Um, and then that started to catch on. I, I had a good response at at cons. Mostly, I I uh, I'm not a very good merchandiser in terms of outside of convention presence. I have a website, but um, other than immediately after a convention, um, I go to that people want to pick up something they forgot to get or whatever I, I don't have much activity on there um and then i went with monster smash-ups which was a serious version of of fractured scary tales for kind of like um people who like a little less humor but everything i do has some humor in it so it's kind of my stock and trade to put uh you know uh maybe there we go um that's my that's my first issue and i, I really really like the dracula story in it um uh, there's a great um uh frankenstein story in the end too and um and I really tried to 
bring classic monsters into a whole new genre. So that, that was my spin with this one is to make it classic monsters, names you recognize, but in brand new stories. So um, yeah, that one, um, I'm up to issue two. Actually, number three is almost done. Um, oh, nice. It's not been as well received as the one, um, but uh, I still uh, have some people that like it. And I'm still making another one. So, but it did give me the wherewithal to pursue doing um, try try to do a long format comic comic, and I adapted a screenplay I wrote uh, called Lady Frankenstein and the Mummy's Brain, and uh, oh, that cool. that has been quite successful for me. Um, I, it's, it's a six issue. Yeah. Book. There we go. Oh, thanks. You had a picture. And that one, I really, really love the story. It's a great mashup of Frankenstein, the mummy. It's got some fun elements. It's a modern take on, on some old fashioned monsters and, and, uh, with a feminine doctor, female doctor. And, uh, I'm really, really proud of that one. I had a really long delay in the fifth and sixth issue. They were being worked on right as COVID hit. And, um, and there was a long, long delay. In fact, uh, five and six, I, I hope to have out this year. Well, it's, it's like three years late because of all the delays because of COVID and things. It's yeah. just really, um, I really appreciate the people that, uh, that have been waiting to see how the story ends. It will be, it will be done. So I'm, I, uh, I really, I really like how that came out. Um, but then the kid stuff, because you know, we talked about that yeah. pre-show or whatever. I um, yeah, how did that? I, come I had about? a lot of kids come to my booth that uh, were looking through like my fractured or my, right. my, the mummy's brain, and and they weren't really kid appropriate. And I thought, you know what, there really needs to be more more kid friendly monsters. And um, I wanted to make a kind of a a superhero group with monsters, my version of Teen Titans. So it's called yeah. uh, Supered Up Monster Kids, um, and it's a uh, it's a reinventation of uh, classic monsters in kid form. So that's Draculad, Frankenstein, uh, Mummy's yeah. Girl, and uh, Zomboy. So those nice. are the those yeah. are the kids that uh, have to get the the, the superpowers of um, of the classic monsters, and they are like um, anybody who grew up as a fan of famous monsters. Um, you know, that we call ourselves monster kids, uh, you know, all the big names like uh, Lucas and Spielberg all grew up on famous monsters for Ackermans. And this this uh, book plays homage to to um, to all the classic and also some um, uh, some of the newer issues uh, bring pay homage to newer uh, newer releases too, uh, to kind of invite newer. Re uh, there's a, an issue with um, Stranger Things. Um, so I kind of modernized it somewhat and tried to bring in new audiences. And so that's this one has no blood or cursing, and uh, I think it's very kid appropriate. I have a lot of um, teachers that buy it and, and mothers that you know say their kids love it. And so um, nice. uh, this one I can't quite make fast enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do, that, that, do find that the um, the um, yeah the, the the economics of the kid comics though are kind of getting after COVID, the the cost of printing really has gone skyrocketed, and it's really hard to make a a five dollar comic anymore. Uh, but people really right. don't want to pay more than five dollars. So unless it's it's, it's really tough because I uh, I don't sell them in you know thousands. I I usually I don't have the space for um, you know I I buy in hundreds of comics uh, sometimes in fifties, uh, and so um, the the economics of some of the the five dollar books is kind of rough and so i'm steering more towards the ten dollar the larger magazine style where i can still um sell it at price that people are comfortable with and feel they get a value for their money um but it's 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 hard to compete at the uh, at the five dollar range right uh we've got uh, some comments coming in so we've got some friends uh faith says it was great meeting you at uh, at kofo At Colorado Festival of Horror. Uh, okay, great. Yeah. Um, the, oh, is that a dog speaking? Was that a, a shepherd? <laughs> yeah, that, that was her profile uh, picture. She has a German shepherd. <laughs> the. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to have more dog stories. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, where are your dog stories there, Kevin? Come on now. You know, the uh, Rin Tin zombie dog. You uh, know? I know. Where, where are they? Yes, where about Cujo? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're probably, you know, yes, in, yes, you know, yes. fractured, uh, yes. scary tales. Exactly. You know, if, if somebody hasn't done it yet, you know, somebody will in, in that book for sure. The now, uh, you, you're know, talking about, yeah, uh, yeah. like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, the monster kids, the you know, one thing that re re reminded me of, you know, you mentioned like teen Titans, you know, the, yeah. How you have them named too, kind of like echoes, like, uh, you know, um, with Legion of superheroes and stuff. It seems like, uh, there's that, that DC comics, you know, influence to it. I, I, absolutely. It was, a, it was a huge, a huge influence for me with the DC yeah. comics and, and old Teen Titans vibe and tried to have a group of kids that sometimes get along, sometimes not exactly to have a little bit of a, that, um, that uh, rivalry amongst them sometimes. Uh, but I definitely was thinking of thing, you know, like Zomboy is very much like the matter eater lad where, uh, you know, yeah. he's, he doesn't eat, he never kills anybody, but all he, his powers, he eats things and he can eat anything, which is very much inspired by, the legions of superheroes uh dracula some people think it's kind of like nightwing um but he's kind of like a um he's a little vampire boy but he's not afraid of sunlight or anything he just he can fly and he's kind of got some strength to him and um uh kind of super strength and uh frankentine is um she's kind of robotic arms um um and is very kind of legion of superheroes ish yeah. and there's kind of a an archie vibe to the book i um oh, cool. when right. i when i came up with the concept and i was looking for artists i um i i i had like four or five people um audition uh to see if they drew the characters and um most of them people i, I most of the people i work with i never meet their old uh, uh people i find on the internet um this one mm. website i go to a lot to hire artists and um and this one guy i thought oh man everybody else was in the states and this guy was in egypt and, and wow. thought, oh man how's he going to capture that spirit but boy he is he really really captured the mood all the houses look like you know suburban america you know there's this really right. old-fashioned quality to it that i really like and seems to resonate with the readers and brings them back to a, a more gentle time uh uh so i uh, i really lucked out with 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 the artist muhammad is his name and he's cool. he's done every issue, but one wasn't available. I had another artist work on it, but um, but he's really really captured that spirit. In fact, he's now working with me on my new um, Bigfoot book. I've I've branched into aliens and oddities um, to kind of uh, uh, just expand my my portfolio of, of of offerings for people that aren't really into monsters. I found a lot of local shows that are cater to Bigfoot fans. I live up in the Pacific Northwest now, up in Seattle, right. and there's a lot of Bigfoot shows and alien shows, and uh, ah. uh, I find that the, there's a big audience for alien-related I've really oh, put nice. a, uh, a move on that. Oh, and then I've got a graphic novel that just came to I'm working on. I um, don't think, I didn't have a festival. I, I run out of stock at the show before yours, and I've got some on order. And it's a, a, it's called Gym Rats, and it's, um, ah. uh, it's a full length, it's over a hundred page graphic novel. And it's about this kind of yeah. down and out uh, boxer who, uh, who owns a boxing gym that feels kind of like this, you know, the 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 world is passing him by, and he yeah. takes this experimental um, steroid uh, that turns him into a giant rat. And so it's really kind of a fun homage to classic. Man in a Monster movies, and um, right. it was originally written as a screenplay, uh, not optioned a couple times, but never made into a movie. So I decided it would. It had the same kind of spirit of a, of a comic book in terms of, um, you know, almost every comic villain. Although this guy is kind of a hero, but kind of a not so hero. I mean, he does kill people, but he's kind of like it's his story. And I, I really like how that one came out. It's uh, cool. the artist um, Jethro Morales. He now. Um, uh, works at Marvel. He's working on She-Hulk, and I, I got him oh, right before he became yeah. too expensive. I, I can't afford him now for another one, but he was, he really did a good job, and I really like the whole vibe of 
um, I call it Rocky meets the fly. It's kind of a, a old school flavor to it. Um, and then, um, nice. and I'm just filling, finishing up a, a zombie Alamo book, which will be only released in a graphic novel. Uh, and that's maybe three quarters of work done. Wow. Um, so, um, not sequentially as independent comics, but all as a graphic novel. So things have been busy. Man, you, yeah, there's, there's no shortage, you know, you, you've got all these, you know, irons in the fire and it's, it's really, really impressive. And, you know, with, with, uh, you know, your previous work too, I mean, you, you've got quite the catalog of, of amazing, you know, stuff. You mentioned, uh, the, the Bigfoot versus, uh, aliens book. I think it's this one it, They're here. Is that right? Or am I mistaken? Yes. Right. Yes, that's right. The second issue has the uh, uh, no. That's that. That's correct. That's the right title. Um, actually, the the second issue is the one that has Bigfoot and aliens together. Uh, this one has oh, okay. um, a Bigfoot story and some alien stories. Um, but uh, one of them, the next issue, I have people that want to see them together in the same story. So it, the feature story is all uh, um, is is aliens and Bigfoot together. So. Uh, and nice. men in black. So you get the three things, the three biggies of of that the, world. The big uh, trifecta. Agents in black. and Yes, the trifecta. Thanks for what I was looking for. Thank you. So, yeah. so that that's that's turned out to be very, um, I like how it resonates with people. And it's, um, and people love the cover on this one too. That's like, that is a cover done by the same guy, um, Manuel Martin, who does um, my Lady Frankenstein book. And he's got a real nice old-fashioned flair yeah, to what he does. Um, yeah. So the, it's, that one. Yeah. Uh, thank it's you. It's really thank gorgeous you. work, man. Yeah. Um, and then I. Um, Thanks. I gotten very fortunate. Um, the nice thing about cutting my teeth on anthologies was uh, there. I got a chance to work with a number of different artists because I wanted to have that same vibe of the horror books I had when I was a kid, where every story was a different artist, so you got a different look. Um, so, um, so, and they're all short stories. They're like five or six or seven pages each. And, um, and by having a different artist, you get to work with a different talent and different perspective. Yeah. And then you find ones that work well with what you're doing. And, um, and then those are the ones that, uh, uh, you know, I, you'll see if you follow the trajectory from issue one on through to issue seven, you'll see some of the same artists reappearing because they were ones that really, I thought, delivered the goods. Uh, and, nice. and some of those same people are ones that are working on my longer format stuff because that's the, um, you know, they, they they got what I was trying to do and, and delivered on time and uh, made everything, uh, uh, you know, I just made something I was proud of. So. Man. Oh, and speaking of proud, I also am yeah. a, a playwright too. I... I um, had a couple ideas for stories that didn't quite fit as comics and didn't quite fit as uh, as uh, as movie scripts. And uh, I'm very very proud of my People versus Frankenstein, which is the trial of the Frankenstein monster. I think it's a real innovative take on a classic monster in a way that nobody's really done before. And all the different versions of Frankenstein. Um, this is a this is a courtroom drama, and um, I've won 23 awards for this one so far. I'm, I'm uh, very, very proud of it. I think um, the thing that I guess I like the most about it is people, uh, it's mostly words. I mean, it's got a great cover, a guy named Earl Gear who, who did a number of stories for me in the Fractured Line. He did the cover for me, but uh, it's not like a comic. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a stage play. And when people tell me they like it or they buy it, it's, it's the words they're buying rather than the pictures. And, yeah. and to me, that that uh, I just like the, the the thought of that. It's uh, you know like almost a novel, but they're easier to read than you know than a longer novel. Uh, and I That's just cool. had another one I just finished that just came out that I think I had the first sale maybe at your show. No, I don't think right. they came in time for your show. I uh, my uh, the show after yours. I do a show like two a month. I just came from. Um, um, a show a horror show in spokane um this this oh, okay the, the weekend just passed and before that i was at a show 
in Los Angeles, and then I was your show, and then um, just a, a lot of different horror shows. And um, but but I just had released that new book, which was a kind of Frankenstein. Excuse me, Frankenstein. I got Frankenstein in my brain, which was a uh, Dracula meets Sherlock Holmes, and it's a comedy rather than a, a drama. Um, so oh, cool. I, I really like the comedy elements, and and I'm really really happy with how that came out. It's brand new, nice. so. No awards yet, but I did find I've been uh, accepted into three shows already, or three uh, uh, three contests rather. Where the first step when you submit something is to um, yeah uh, see if you're accepted or not, and then usually a couple months later you find out if you win something. But um, but but the odds are just just it's kind of nice just to get accepted. That's cool. The with uh, uh, the I'm people versus uh, Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, yeah, has that been produced as a play yet, or is it uh, just too new right now? Uh, yeah, we had a, a table read in Hollywood um, nice. uh, about four years ago, and um, a very, uh, uh, very, very talented actress read the, the female lead part, uh, who's been in a lot of um, a lot of horror movies, and and she really, really liked it. And I was yeah. trying to get some traction. There, and then, um, then I had to move to, to Seattle because of my day job. I had, I had a transition there. My, um, I got laid off of a job I had for like ten years, uh, and oh. I had a really nice offer up on right. up north, and so I took it. And so then COVID happened, and so it's been put on hold. But um, every show I go to, somebody who has a little community theater says they want to try and get it in the, you know, in on their stage. So I'm quite hopeful. Um, I. I I found uh, one of the things I corrected in the second one is that th this one has kind of a large cast, which makes it kind of difficult to shoot to um, uh, produce on a on a smaller stage because there's like a, right. I think eleven speaking parts or twelve, and oh, um, wow. and for small community theaters, they, some of them want it now in the seven or eight range. So it um, my my neck the the Sherlock Holmes has eight, so I, I tried to keep it in that ballpark. So. That's no not not going to be an obstacle for me, but um, nice. but I, I'm wow. quite optimistic. I I get too many. I I think eventually we'll see it on stage someplace. Um, there was actually somebody. Oh, in, in your show, who um they yep. make, they were talking to me about maybe wanting to make a movie version of it. So I uh, I don't know. Oh, cool. I'm trying to remember their names, but but um, yeah, they they. Uh, yeah, they, they like the idea say that of it, it, the concept. It, it sounds like it would make for a really good like courtroom, you know, drama with a, with just that that hint of uh, you know horror element, you know, uh, with it. I, I think that would be just wonderful to see yeah, whatever form it takes. That yeah, that was my thought exactly because it is it's. Um, I, th I think it is really, um, I, I really like the, the law in it. I think I had lawyers yeah. read it that uh, thought I did a really, really good job making it all make legal sense. I just took a couple liberties here and there just for dramatic license, but mostly it feels yeah. like it's a real court case, but not a dry one. I've got some really, you know, colorful characters, flamboyant with a flamboyant defense attorney, a very, um, colorful characters that are on the witness stand and and then um a sympathetic uh because it's basically the trial of the monster uh did he you know yeah. is he responsible for killing his creator or mm. uh, and there's some other murders involved in the in the script that aren't part of the original um book but i kind of suggest that the book was not entirely accurate in terms of what really happened uh and so it's kind of a a sequel in some ways, but like a reimagination uh, in in another way. And um, yeah. I find that wow. people that haven't read the book and only watched movies like it, uh, and but yeah. and people that read the book especially like it. Um, and and I'm quite proud too that um, I, I found a way to um, in dialogue somewhere every single uh universal frankenstein movie the title of it gets mentioned in some way the bride of frankenstein the son of frankenstein even the house of frankenstein everything but frankenstein meets the wolfman i couldn't find a way to sneak that in or abbott and costello 
but yeah, every oh. all the first four all get mentioned in some way. So um, that was kind of that's uh, priceless. That was kind that's of that's awesome. Little, oh yeah. man uh thanks thanks <laughs> nobody's picked up on it yet but i chuckled yeah. to myself when i found a way to look at it so yeah man it was, it was that, that's pretty kind of a, that's so cool kevin little, uh, um that they call that egg uh, easter egg yeah easter eggs that's right you uh, we've comments got, uh, there? yeah i got oh, some uh some folks uh yeah coming in uh with some praises for you uh bought a couple of your yeah, comics they're great um my favorite is uh, Planet of uh, the Were Apes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Island. Island. Yeah, yes. I can't Island pronounce. I love it. because it's yeah, it's actually Gulligan's Island. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, so and it's um, um, it's the SS Moreau instead of the SS Minnow, and it gets shipwrecked on the island of Doctor Moreau. And the skipper and Gilligan and Ogooligan in this case, and yeah, and and the castaways uh, all get turned into not quite zombies, but um, like manimals, like from the original yep. Island of Lost Souls. And and nice. I didn't write that one, but it was my idea, and I'm just really happy how delightful the the story came out. And um, and and everybody cracks up when they see the it's on. There's a picture of it on the back, a cover with with Gooligan being attacked by these, you know. Uh, the, the, these monsters so it's it's a very fun story we, we i really try to have fun in all of them but do, i'm sorry cool. was there another comment did we did i speak over oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, elise ch chimed in too she she bought a copy of uh people versus uh frankenstein also at, at kofo so she's yeah she's probably yeah downstairs reading it right oh, now. oh great well she's <laughs> wonderful uh elise is just absolutely uh awesome she she um she she was at my table all the time to see if she could help me with anything. She gave me a ride oh. back to the um, a long distance back to the airport. Just, just really, really a wonderful, warm person. And uh, thank you again. Yeah. <laughs> Made me feel special. Oh, that's that's sweet. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So one of the topics too that we were you know talking about is you know having. Uh, horror be accessible to, to kids and you know we we talked uh, before we went live you know about uh, how the you know the classics are so uh integral to uh yeah yeah well to to your and my uh development and in, in introducing us to, to monsters of horror the universal monsters and stuff and uh kind of showing showing that to, to kids uh as well um, and with like today's kids, you know, uh, they're, they're bombarded by so much different media from, you know, video games to film to TV shows that are very hyper, um, yeah. And, uh, bombastic, um, you know, how would you recommend, right, uh, right. you know, Beautiful kids, colors they, and cuts. yeah, yeah. Attention spans are, are kind of minimal. How would you recommend, uh, you know, kind of yeah, introducing, uh, you know, kids nowadays? You know, would would you still recommend going back to the classics and and uh, you know, starting there? Yeah, I I I think the best introduction for kids to get acquainted with the classics is to watch Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein, because there Ooh. is a fun story nice. with all the classic monsters in it, and it's a great introduction to every one of them. And and it's oh. it's really quite a funny funny movie, uh, not yeah. quite as funny as uh, Young Frankenstein, but it's it's right. very close. I think it's one of the best Abbott and Costello movies. So kind of introduces them to a whole genre of buddy uh, buddy movies from you know the forties and thirties. And um and I think to me that's it's a really good introduction to people uh, to the classic monsters. And I think it maybe then if they have a spark of interest. We'll put them in a mindset to um, to enjoy uh, some of the other some of the drier to today's audience uh, movies, uh, the the original Universal ones, especially the first few that came out of each one. Um, they're just wonderfully made. There's such attention to the detail, um, but they're long stretches of. Some of them were made when audio when sound was just coming out. So long stretches where there's very little audio. And that kind right. of makes it hard for people that have short attention spans. And there were a lot of 
real long cuts where they were showing, you know, big, um, not as many extreme close-ups as what you get today. So it's not as cutty, the filmmaking yeah. techniques of yesterday. Uh, but uh, sometimes I, I've been, I've been fortunate to see some re-releases of some um, some movies, well, especially when I lived in, in Los Angeles. Uh, like there have been new scores to um, old classic movies. Like there's a, a Phil Glass score to the real, and and uh, you see it on a live screen with a live audience. And there were a lot of young people in the audience that were seeing it for the first time. And I think the thought of this. Uh, seeing a movie in in a, in a, in a classic like it's a really old old movie theater um it made it much more um uh, approachable for uh for kids to to get into it and maybe once they're exposed to it in that way they'll seek it out and, and uh put their mind in another frame moving lifestyle and and let them uh, let them acclimate themselves to the period, and and I think they enjoy it. And and we were talking before we got on the um, I think shows like Svengooli do a wonderful job of yeah. kind of bringing some fun to old movies. So you don't necessarily furious maybe think oh they're not taking it seriously. You know this was they're making fun of that. But I think if it yeah. brings a new audience to a classic. And if you want to watch it unadulterated, you can stream the original without, you know, his the the, the commentary. Um, but I, but I think shows like that help bridge the gap, and and I think it's healthy for a kid to learn how to watch something that's older and and does require some some attention, you know, to to realize that the world isn't all quick cuts. It's not yeah a thirty second you know um, streaming video. It's it's the longer pace, slower paced, get into the mood of it. Because um, it's kind of like, in a way, some of those, uh, the original Universal mostly were, were based on stage plays, the stage version of Frankenstein, the stage version of Dracula. So they, yeah. they kind of, the audience at the time was used to the pacing of a play where there are no cuts. You know, you're like, the curtain opened at the beginning of the scene, the fade out at the end of the scene, new scene starts. and. And so there's 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 a certain um, similarity in the pacing and the style of the act. I mean, um, sound was just coming out, like I mentioned earlier. So so a lot of things were being dealt with for the first time after you know silence, where everything was like overblown and overdramatic, kind of like my expressions right. now. But the the um, uh, but but people move things down, and and I think I think the more people learn from the past and find different ways to reinvent it into the future without constantly being a regurgitation of the past but i think in order to um to to enjoy new films it's good to know the classics of the past um, right yeah you know, i was fortunate to grow up uh, at, you know, i was born in late yeah yeah wow that uh that's that's great the um now, with with your work with uh, you know, um, uh, was it uh, you know, souped up uh, you know, monster kids? Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Are you are you gonna be putting that out as a graphic novel or a collected uh, trade anytime soon? Or uh, yes, guys... I, I I am thinking very serious about uh, compiling uh, maybe two uh, two graphic novels with. Uh, uh, nice. There's eight eight issues, so uh, four each, uh, or maybe one big one with just all of them in it, uh, just to make them available for 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 everyone. Um, so I think, um, uh, yeah, I quite I, that's that's very likely going to happen. Yeah. Not, yeah, I think with, it's with what the, I'm actually going to end up doing with some of my with the with the fracture too. Yeah, right, right. Just to put some more um, more graphic novels together of some. Compilations of three or four issues, so that people who um, who some people don't want to buy a, a you know a forty-page book, they want a bigger volume, and um, yeah. And so it's a it's a good opportunity to get those to people that, uh, especially some kids. I guess some parents don't like uh, the softer comic cover; they think their kids are going to rip it. So if you put it in a uh, in a not quite a hardback, but a harder cover of like a, a trade paperback, say it. Yeah. Um, it makes it harder for the kid to tear. 
Yeah. Um, and it may be open some audiences for libraries and things that uh, that don't really like single, but may like. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was gonna, you know, say too. It's like, you know, this would be something, you know, I think would be pretty easy for, you know, a public library or school library to, you know, pick up as well, and having a graphic novel would be an easier way to present that. Um, yeah, I keep getting told too. Like, yeah, uh, I think you're right. I think there's a definite. Oh, um, I was just gonna say definite uh, audience too. for that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, uh, you know, so many people are now like looking to, you know, collect comics in in the, you know, collected, you know, the whole story, you know, collected, uh, you know, graphic novel or trade, you know, yeah. so, so yeah, there's, there's always that, that market, to, you know, uh, to kind of cater to. And, yeah, um, it's, it's what kills me with my lady Frankenstein, for instance, I have people ton of people buy the first issue uh -huh. and they say oh i can't wait till you finish this uh by the by the graphic novel and it's like well you know it's everybody that buys each issue when it comes out that makes it possible for me to afford to finish it uh so it always right. killed me when people said right. i can't wait till you finish it they didn't want to buy any more single issues they just bought oh, the first one i no. saw a ton of them the first one and they all want to oh. wait for me to finish it yeah and it's like okay that's why some of my other ones coming out of the pipe, like the gym rats, I didn't, I didn't release it as singles. I just went right to the graphic novel because there are, and I don't blame some people. There's something kind of nice about getting the complete story all in one, one place. And, and it's, it's, yeah. you know, it, it would be a complete storyline. Um, I have some thoughts for a potential sequel. If the, um, you know, if the, if the trade does well, um, but the uh, the the the, um, the um, single issues are getting harder of, of the of the small comics. Like I said, the financial um, impact of COVID on small runs is just right. made it almost impossible to do the smaller uh, comics. Just yeah, and magazines feasible and the graphic novels feasible, uh, but for me at least, the short run. Um, and, and I've really been late to the party in terms of like digital media. I did have a company that I met at a show in uh, um, in San Jose. A, it was a Silicon Valley company that uh, took the monster kids and put them on uh, digital versions of them. And they did a really good job with sound effects and all kinds of stuff I hadn't seen other companies do. Uh, but, but like uh, the year after they did it, they went bankrupt so it's like oh. i was like you know they just disappeared and and that's you know like the dot-com burst or whatever so i was very excited oh man my first one and this company's doing such a great job they look oh, so cool man. and i got all these yeah. fancy transitions between pages and sound effect noises you move your mouse around or your thumb around and things happen wow. yeah it uh they went they went belly up yeah with with that, uh, are you gonna? Um, yeah, I, I don't know that uh, you have these on. Uh, you know, like something like Comicsology or Webtoons. Have you looked into doing that? I I don't. I, yeah, I've um, in, investigated at one time, um, mm -hmm. but I, I really didn't. Uh, I, I didn't pursue it like I should have. I I really like going to shows and interacting with people and seeing the people and talking right. to them and it's much to my detriment if i just released them electronically to the world and and didn't want to meet every single person that wants to buy one of my books uh i, I think i I'd, I'd have a lot more sales but i really really enjoy you know traveling around okay. the, the the country uh, and 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 meeting people and talking to them and you know um and especially some of the kids that buy my books are especially fun where some kids have grown up yeah. from you know from when the first couple came out now they're three oh. or four years older and, and you hear their responses and they really enjoy it and you know offer suggestions on care oh why don't you do this or why don't you do that and it's it's just kind of fun to see them so engaged um that, and so cool. so i really I, I really like that that interaction part of it i i you know when you speak of libraries i had um, a teacher tell me something very interesting that mm -hmm. she does with uh 
she she's a little hesitant to tell me at first because she thought maybe I wouldn't like it, but she took an issue of Fractured Scary Tales and and uh, made Xeroxes of a story and oh. and cut out all the speech balloons with filled them with white and then give it as a class assignment to her kids to fill oh. in the story and let them make their own story. And she said it was wonderful what they came up with. And she said, I hope you don't mind. Maybe I should tell you. You're not going to. I said, no, I think it's a great idea. I wish I thought That's of it. Awesome. I think it's fun to, I might release an issue with all this, all the captions. Just be a caption yourself comic. Um, but she said her kids loved it. Um, and it was, uh, uh, it was just a novel idea. So That's cool. And with kids, yeah, I now have, I just introduced them. Oh, some go ahead. Coloring Keep books going. that my first time experimenting with those. Yeah, so That's I cool. um, I first started with a Bigfoot comic that was very kind, or a coloring book, not comic, and um, just because I, I've had such this huge uh, uh, one day show at a at a Bigfoot show, uh, you know, there's more traffic than like three days at a at a horror show. So really, kind of an whole interest and people that haven't seen my stuff already so everything looks new to them so um nice. but after the the kid one uh, with the bigfoot i i made one with like, little modern monsters and i've just been so delighted how people respond to seeing some of their favorite modern monsters and i wouldn't think at first kids knew who they were because yeah. it's like what's a kid watching you know michael myers for but they all right. know all of them and they yeah. even though they don't want to watch the movies they love the characters and yeah and this comic book um uh, it's been very. I, the last two shows, I I just came out, so I just I just got my first shipment in for the show last weekend, and I, and, and I sold out. So I I have another show this weekend in uh, in Sacramento, and uh, and I'm hoping to sell out there too. So it's it's kind of fun cool. when people gravitate to something kind of unique. Yeah, man, that's awesome, Kevin. Uh, we're we're just about out of time, but. Uh, you know, it sounds like you got a you know, show in, in Sacramento com, coming up. It, where else can people, uh, you know, come and meet you? Yeah, uh, Sinister Creature. Yeah, sure. Uh, the very next one is the Sinister Creature Con in Sacramento. And then um, over the, um, for people in the Seattle area, I'll be at uh, Grit City Con in Tacoma uh, cool. the first or second weekend of November. And then I'll be in San Francisco for a three-day fan expo. Um, and then uh, December, I don't, I, I have one possibility, but January, I'll be in Albuquerque. Uh, I'm a guest there, actually. I love it when I'm a guest at a con. Uh, and it makes me feel so special. Um, and then I've got uh, uh, an alien one in January, too, in, in the Seattle area. Uh, and Vancouver in February. Vancouver, uh, Canada, my first Canadian show. Uh, and becoming mm. international, although I did do a, a, a show in London um, early on in my career, uh, which was kind of fun, but it was it was too expensive to bring all those books and yeah. fly that far. But it was fun to see London, so I had, I had a good time there. So that that's kind of it. If they go to my website, I'm really I used to have it updated with where I'm going, and I've been really bad at uh, well, the, my my website guy he kind of flaked out. Well. You've just gone on other things or uh so so i've been really bad about updating my convention schedule on my website but um if somebody contacts me at the site I, yeah oh, i'll shoot them whatever yeah we we, we suddenly have they are in i'll tell them where i'm yeah, we had some audio problems there, Kevin. Uh, so I, th uh, okay. I think, uh, yeah, Kevin's saying, you know, go to the website and, uh, you know, get in contact with him uh, and, and, you know, for, for orders, right? Uh-oh. Oh, man. <laughs> Things are starting to get garbled. Yes, we're going to what conventions you can ask me and I'll tell you. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Uh-oh. We lasted yeah. so good. Uh, we, we were doing so yes, well. Oh, good, good. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so. yes, yes. <laughs> now and we stream have again. Yeah, I know. Ah! Like we started. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we end how we start. We <laughs> That's right. Full circle. Full circle. Um, but, yeah. but all your books right. are available on, That's on, right. on your website at uh, com. <laughs> oh, man. And, yeah, make sure to, to pick up, uh, you That's know, right. Uh, Kevin's Not to work. be confused with fractured fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, none of that. Um, and, and Kevin, we'll, we'll see you uh, next year for <laughs> for Kofo. You know, uh, have you out again for there you for, go. Uh, you know, Colorado uh, high altitudes. Well, you're you're in Seattle, so you're 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 into mountainous areas, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's about the same. I think, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, yeah, it'll, it'll be great to, to see you again in person and, uh, and to catch up. And I, I can't wait for, uh, you know, the next uh, batch of books to drop. Um, yeah, and for everybody right, well, out thank there, you very much. Yeah. And for everybody out there, make sure to uh, go Thanks to the website. Thanks for all the gratuitous plug. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. you bet. <laughs> uh, make sure to go to the website and uh, pick yeah. up your, your books. Right. Oh, just happened to have this right here. <laughs> so go support independent uh, creators. How do you like that? <laughs> A wonderful support, customer. <laughs> yeah. Support, uh, support Kevin. Yeah. Cause he's doing amazing stuff to enrich us and uh, you know, uh, producing wonderful stories. Kevin uh, stick around while we sign off, but thanks again for being so generous with your time. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks everybody for, watching us yeah and uh to all our sponsors uh who um yeah thanks for putting up with my shenanigans and of course uh to uh our friends at uh, mutiny information cafe if you're gonna start a revolution make sure you're caffeinated like kevin and i and uh to our friends at uh hellfire <laughs> entertainment thanks for rebroadcasting us on your social media and of course uh to groovy tv and to Alien Donut Films and Angela Joseph Productions. Uh, thanks so much, Bill and Angela, respectively, uh, for all your help. And, of course, my producers, uh, Lily Fisher, Amanda Armstrong, and Stefan Santa Cruz. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, and to everybody that tuned in, hey, happy Halloween, everybody. Tis the season. But remember, Halloween's every day. Be good, be kind, help each other out during tough times, and... Of course, stay spooky. Have a good night, everybody. We'll catch you later.